Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we talked about rational versus irrational thoughts, the idea of what would happen if the military actually ended up in the streets of America, the dangerous lie that divides us. And Jerick, what are we talking about this week? So we're going to, to, to build on that, right? Because all of, all of those rational versus irrational thoughts um, were related to fears and related to the idea of some ultimate value of like winning and losing, right? as opposed to like a mutual cooperative effort and then being thankful for what we've already have, what we've already been provided and just building on that, right? Um, and, and you were making some really cool statements before we got on here and I had to stop you because I was like, we got to catch this on film. So <laughs> um, I guess, you know, um, do you remember what you were talking about in terms of, um, you know, uh, winning versus losing, perception of what we have versus what we're, or what we have or what we're gaining versus what we're losing and how sometimes our, we can perceive only the losses, right? And we kind of like forget like the places where we are winning. Um, I think that's, that's what I was gathering from what you were saying before we went live. Yeah, so I'll start with a statement and that is the statement is gonna be a big, old statement, and that is we are all winning much more than we are losing at all the time. We are all always winning way more than we are losing. We'll hear people talk about this, that I'm having a bad day. Hell, we heard this about this year. 2020 has been brutal. It's been the worst year of my life. I just wish 2020 would be over. So let's, let's examine that for a moment. What we're saying in those statements is if I'm having a bad day, if today was the worst day ever, what we're saying is all 1,440 moments or whatever the math is that constructs an entire 24 hour day has to be bad. Each one of those moments was bad. Now, is that really true? Arguably not. If we roll that out to the year, what we're saying is, is that all 300 plus days that we've lived this year have been bad. All, I don't know what the math is. You could figure this out for helping me out with that is all 1,440 moments times 300 plus moments have been bad. <laughs> Have we all faced some challenges and difficulties? Absolutely. But recognize the idea of calling something bad and labeling an entire experience as bad as a perceptual, perceptual construct, meaning that we are constructing the bad day based off of the limited perception we're focusing on. So I have some hard things at work. I was telling Jared, I was working with somebody the other day and they were talking about how they had had a bad day. And the question came up to me about how, how do we deal with those days where we just feel off that we're having bad days? And I asked the questions, so was the entire day a bad day? And they said, well, yeah. I said, well, what happened? They started talking about something that happened at work. And I go, okay, well, were all the moments before work bad? And were all the moments after work bad? Well, no, not necessarily. Okay, so right there we see that they're taking this experience or experiences at work and the emotion of those experiences and using that emotion to paint the picture of what the entire day was. So completely negating all the good things that happened. Now, what do I mean by good, especially if I'm gonna say we're all winning way more than we're losing. If any of you are having a bad day or an off time right now, what I would invite you to do is just hold your breath. 
hold your breath as I'm talking, but hold it to the point of until you feel like you absolutely cannot breathe, until you feel like your lungs are about to explode, until you feel like you're going to pass out from holding it for so long. And when you find that you finally have to take a breath, notice what it feels like to bring air into your body after it's been stressed and panicked and the illusion of not being able to breathe starts to pass. Excuse me. Notice what it feels like to, did that mute out? I was, I was trying to mute out. This you thing. did, you muted it. Yeah, oh, that was dude, cool. Like on, on time. This <laughs> <laughs> this is really about finding the little wins, folks. Really about finding the little wins. But just notice what it feels like to bring air in and be really conscious of what it feels like to have air in your body after you go with the perceived lack of air. You feel different. You feel more at peace. You feel calm. You might even notice a gratitude for it. Imagine facing every problem that you have without the ability to breathe. Imagine facing every problem you have without the ability to see or the ability to hear, the ability to smell, the ability to taste. One of the biggest challenges many of us have faced this year is we've gone this year without being able to hug our loved ones the way we have, being able to connect the way we used to. When I say that we're all winning more than we are losing, it's because the very biology that keeps us alive and gives us the opportunity to win and lose is still functioning at a high level even when we have those down times. Now, unfortunately, the human condition is hardwired for survival, fight or flight. And we have done ourselves both a tremendous service and a disservice. The service is, is that we have provided such abundance in our society that for most of us, we do not have to experience a day-to-day -day life where survival is an issue. We know that if we turn the water on, we're going to have fresh water to drink. We know if we open the refrigerator, we're going to have food to eat. We know that if we want to have sexual interactions, we have a partner to do this with. There's the four F's of survival, right? Feeding, fighting, fleeing, and fucking. And we know too that all of those things are a swipe away. There's an app for it. So not only have we satisfied all those needs, but we've made it so easily on demand that we don't even have to think about it. We are long past the days where you used to have to go to the video store, stand around for 15 minutes, make a decision, bring the movie home. And then if the movie's bad, you have to fucking watch the movie because you just spent all that time deciding it. Now we can just switch it off and we have 50,000 other choices available. Where that becomes a disservice is because we have those basic biological needs of survival met in spades and on demand for us. We now weaponize our biology in a way that makes, that gives us the perception of lack or going without, that we treat things in survival. So it was a bad day. This was this, this was that. And we're not filtering in the other information about basic needs of survival. Many of us have traveled to other countries and we'll go to countries where it's very poor. And we always come back and we say, gosh, it's so, they're so poor there, but they're so happy. What are we doing wrong? Well, think about the survival dynamic there, right? You go to another country and it's a very simplistic system. If I can provide food for my family, we can be happy because we will survive. Basic survival needs are met. Whereas here, it's a, if I don't have a $50,000 car, if my kid doesn't have the nicest shoes, Jared and I were talking beforehand about a friend who their, their parents had been successful and had put them in a societal place where they were able to have all sorts of advantages that others weren't. But in the societal, in the community, the micro community within that community, 
they were the low person on the totem pole because while they had wealth, they had a low amount of wealth compared to people who had a tremendous amount of wealth. And so they were evaluating themselves. I was just reading a book and they were talking about the legendary rock band Metallica. And right before Metallica got signed to their first record deal, they kicked their guitarist out. The guitarist was so angry, upset, hurt that the guitarist swore that they would make it their mission to become a better musician and be more successful than Metallica ever was. So they practiced and practiced and used all that anger, all that hurt to fuel them. The guitar player's name is Dave Mustaine. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the hard rock heavy metal thing, he goes on to find found this band called Megadeth. And Megadeth is no slouch. They've sold 25 million records. They have traveled and toured around the world. They're largely regarded as one of the greatest heavy metal bands of all time. But compared to Metallica, who's sold nearly 200 million records, they are probably one of the most successful and arguably the greatest heavy metal band and probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, rock and roll band and have transcended so many different things and so many different genres. If you compare yourself to Metallica, you're going to be a failure, which Mustaine, in a, I think, a mid-2000s interview, the interviewer was talking to him about success and failure. And he was crying and voicing his frustration because he never amassed the success Metallica did. The guy's enormously successful, but when he's in that survival mode, he's looking at all his basic needs are met. So now he has to weaponize his biology as a metric of what real success is, what, these, what it really means to be, to have, to go without. He's taking the ultimate example of Metallica. And so it's, there's an opportunity for each of us when we're looking at really re rewiring our neurology and starting to expand, I think, and having more meaningful, deeper conversations. It's, it's okay to feel lack. It's okay to feel sad, angry, frustrated for things not working out the way we'd like. But we always want to keep those things in context. Because if we don't keep them in context with all that we have and that we're winning all the time, I think what ends up happening is, is what we were talking about before last week is rational versus irrational. If we show up to a place where we are perceiving that we are lacking, and then now we feel like we have to survive, we're in a survival fight or flight place, we will go to that extreme. And in so doing, we take out the ability to have rational dialogue. We take out the ability to grow and to evolve, to come together. And instead, we start to create labels and identities. You're this or I'm that. You're this or this. And we start to identify folks by the behavior. So that, I think that was kind of the long window that was that was that was that was it and i wanted to uh i remember like so this the story of, of, of my friend the friend that that was obviously an upper tier society but at the bottom of the upper tier of the society like we make mil we're millionaires they're multi multi-millionaires <laughs> right you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> and so uh and, and so but still kind of like that it was, it's a weird place for people. I do actually believe it, right? I actually believe, like, it's just like being at the bottom rung of American society still puts you in the top 1% of wealth in the world, right? It's a weird place. Like, I should be thankful, but I can't be that thankful. Like, I, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, and, and, um, and the, the thing that, um, what was the thing that I wanted to really, really say? I wanted to kind of make it, I want to build on your point about bad days. Um, and I'm do it by telling a personal story. So you put up that post. Um, mm -hmm. I don't I think it was talking about bad days. I think you. Oh, yeah, you yeah. How, I directly. feel frustrated, upset. Yes. Yes. 
And I told you in that post that I woke up that day feeling yeah. that way. Right. So you guys don't know, like I, m- me and Jesse are both entrepreneurs, both have our own businesses. Um, so far I've survived the COVID year. Right. Um, but these are typically important months. I have important months coming up for me and my business. Every business has fiscal quarters or whatever. And you have prime times of the year for your business, right? Where you expect to create a surge in sales that kind of carries you over to momentum for the rest of the year, right? So I'm entering one of those places, right? And my stuff, my sales ain't where I want them to be at, right? <laughs> and so um, super frustrated. I woke up that day when you posted that, super frustrated and, and upset. And when I do that, I have a process. So I have a process every morning. But I was like in a really negative headspace. I was like thinking about the people who I give free advice to all the time, thinking about the people who help out, who, who don't pay me, right? And I was thinking about that, right? Um, and and don't, get it, don't get it wrong. Like part of being a business in the business that I am is to give. It's to give and give and give and give and give. And hopefully people, and ask, I do ask, <laughs> I ask for sales, but, but to give and give and give and give and give. And hopefully people will see value in what you've given them for free, that they'll come to you to get more of it and pay for it, right? Um, and that, that is like the nature of my business. But I, but I was in a place where, um, you know, a lot of, I'm going to give you guys some business education. And hopefully this will flow over into what I believe about communication and building bridges, right? Um, you know, there are seasons for everything, Right. There are seasons for planning. There are seasons for reaping. There are seasons for, you know, sowing, planting, sowing, reaping, whatever. And um, a lot of times in life, when you say things to people, you help people out and you give and you give, you're, what you're doing is you're trying to create flowers, right? Or you're trying to, you're trying to, 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 to create a well-being, a sense of well-being that can later be harvested. Um, me and Jesse were talking about, you know, what it is to be a true alpha, male or female. What it is to be, you know, um, a, a builder of bridges, right? Is that you are consistently laying the groundwork and the frames and the foundation and planting the seeds that will allow the people that come after you to flourish, right? In any, in doing anything else is, is making it harder for the people that come after you. They might, hopefully guys, I'm making any kind of sense. So, so we're always trying to create a more positive future, right? So in my business, I'm trying to create a more positive future, but sometimes, a lot of times, right? You know, what you plant or what you seed, it doesn't always yield a harvest, or yield a harvest right away. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I gave this lady free advice one time, right? And she was having gastrointestinal issues and I overheard her talking to someone else. I gave her some advice, sent her put on this thing called, I told her, I was like, well, check out this thing called the AIP diet, all some random stuff. It sounds like this is what your issue. I know you've tried, tried this, you have colonoscopies and all this stuff done. Nobody can figure it out. Sounds like this and it's super rare, but I think you're allergic to this, this and this. Anyway, she got on the diet, right? Fixed all her issues. She was about to be living out of having a fucking colostomy bag, right? Wow. And was healed, right? And, and I couldn't, and even though it fixed her, I was like, now you can repair your gut to the point where you can go back to your regular diet. She didn't hire me for that. 
So, okay, well, fuck it. Right? <laughs> find her, her running to her again six months later. And, and she's like, oh, my God, you're like my angel. Like, you saved my life. Like, I haven't had any of these problems anymore. I feel so much better, yada, yada, yada. I was like, oh, that's great. Well, I'd love to work with you. Still didn't hire me. <laughs> Two years later, she comes to me and she hires me to help her with a bunch of stuff. And she's been a client ever since. Mm. Right? So this was a seed, a seed I planted and basically stopped this woman from getting a, a surgery that would have put a hole in her stomach and had her pooping into a bag, right? <laughs> and I didn't get the business. Year later, you're my savior. I love you. You're amazing. Still no business. Finally, two years later, business and we have a business relationship and we're good friends and, and we were always good friends, right? And I was happy to have helped her did out of kindness in my heart right and everything else because that's who i am but no no tangible benefits from that right and sometimes when things are lean and you run a business stuff like that you start to focus on those kind of things right and you start to get into a negative headspace so what i had to do was i had to remember my why I had to get involved into that evolved or or what true alpha state right that evolved alpha state of well, what am I trying to do? What am I trying to create? What is my goal with the people that I reach and touch in my life? I want to make them better. I want to build them up, right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to relate that to building a bridge and what we talked about as far as rational versus irrational. I could even be afraid. I could live in an irrational place and be constantly afraid that nobody that I help will feel gratitude or return, Right? And, I, and so then I could be ruthless in business. I'll give no help for free. I know you got to pay me first. I got the knowledge. You need it. Give me the money or I'm not going to help you. Right? I could do that. But that's not, that doesn't tilt into my why. That doesn't tilt into why I got into this business. That, I could have done a lot of things. You know, I went to college for mathematics. I could have done a lot of things to make money. My why is I want to help people. And if I don't lean on that, then I'm, I'm negating the whole reason of why I got into this, right? And, and so that was how I shifted my thought out of, man, it's a bad day. Not a bad day, I was having a bad month, <laughs> right? If I can look at it that way, but like, I, and then I'm, but, but in the same sense, like I have, a, I have a business, I have people that I deal with in life, I have people that thank me on a freaking daily basis. You know what I mean? I have people that if I don't provide a message for the day, they say, Hey Jared, what's going on? I didn't get, what's up? I didn't get, I didn't get a message today. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I had to, I had to lean into that. And it, my goal is to do good and put good things out there. Right. Not necessarily to, to always have this return. And, and I just have to, I had to lean back into my why, into my faith, into what I'm trying to create. And so what I, and what I want to do is when we talk about building a bridge is that you're going to have people say things to you, right? That you say is irrational. You're going to have people say things to you that you disagree with 110%. And it could be even rational. You could still disagree with it. And that makes you even matter because it was rational and you disagree with it and you don't like it, right? But you have to tilt back into, as opposed to getting into this right versus wrong bad versus good dynamic you have to dip, tip into 
well, what is the outcome that I'm looking for? Yes. Why did I have this conversation in the first place? Did I have this conversation to win an argument or change this person's views or to understand where we can come together at, right? And if I can, and, 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 and I need to refocus my train of thought of like, okay, well, we, we're missing there, but can we come together here? Mm-hmm. And then, and so, and then moving and moving the conversation. And, and, and as Jesse said, life coach said he is, <laughs> if you're having a bad day or you're looking at a bad day, you need to remeasure, right? It's the same thing. The person said something I didn't like, right? Or we, I don't agree with them here. Okay, let's, I'm trying to build a bridge. I'm trying to connect. So where can I find that connection? I guarantee you there's places. I had, I'm, I'm thinking I'm having a bad day because this bad thing happened, right? But what, a, what about this and this and this? The simple fact that I woke up today, freaking awesome. Or, I, you know, I have this car to get to work. I have, a, I have this family member that I can call and talk to. I have this person right here who's taking the time to, to, to speak to me and ask me about my bad day, right? All of those things are things that you can trump in and find a connection to, okay, this is, this is life. And, um, and, I, and I think that is, that is the, uh, the, the gist of what we mean when we say rational versus irrational, right? You know, rational thought sees things it doesn't like and asks, and then asks the whys, right? It asks the, or, or, or it asks the, you know, not just the, the, the why, why don't I like it, but the like, why am I having the conversation in the first place? What is, what is the outcome that I am looking for, right? And does the conclusion that I chose to come to, right, help me build that outcome? <laughs> does yes. It, yeah, you know, go, 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 go. Oh, no, I, I just, I, I, want, I want to emphasize that. I think one of the most important questions we can all ask ourselves is what is the outcome I'm after? Uh, if you are like any, any of you are like I am, I love dispensing advice. And I especially love dispensing advice when I think I'm right. And I really love dispensing advice when I know I'm right. And I absolutely freaking love dispensing advice when I fully believe the other person's wrong. And I say that with honesty and humility because it's not the most enjoyable thing to say that I have that part of myself that I I really love to do that. But where my growth is, is asking myself the question before I engage in those conversations, what is the outcome I'm after here? And it's something that I think we can all practice that because what I find is as I do that, it makes me a better friend. It makes me a better conversationalist. It makes me a better teacher. It makes me better at what I do. Because now what I'm able to do is it gives me a clear line. I was sharing with Jared before we got a line about, I do a lot of mentorship with folks who have lost loved ones. And one of the challenges with that is, is, is I, when you're dealing with groups of people, large groups of people who have all gone through a death and there's so many different variables and dynamics that come into play. You know, how recent was it? Well, how long were they together? What's their own you know, their own situation, their belief system. There's all these things coming on. And when you're trying to messaging, you're, you're creating messaging to a group that has all those variables going on at any given moment, you're inevitably going to meet, you're going to have, some are going to embrace message and some are going to 
resist a message just because of not because they're trying to be one or the other. It's just because of the different variables and what they are focusing on in that moment. Right. Somebody who's focusing on something that is going to create an experience of sadness for them. Inevitably, they will likely receive that message. If the message is about being happy, they will likely create some resistance to it because they are feeling and experiencing the exact opposite by nature of what they're focusing on. Mm -hmm. And I was telling Jared, so I had one of these recent interactions and the person was very clearly stating about where they were and what they were feeling. And when you read between the lines, what they're saying is I'm focusing on this. I'm, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm going to be. Now I have to know my outcome. If my outcome is to dispense advice prove to them that that doesn't have to be that way because I know it doesn't. But if somebody's already telling me that that's where they want to be right now, and if my outcome is to help them get to help them grow through it, then I have to be willing to make short-term concessions, right? So me going in and teaching to that person who is already saying, this is how I feel and this is where I'm going to be me going teaching that person is probably not going to turn that person around, but it's going to probably alienate them and also alienate group too, because then I'm not being empathetic and whatnot. What I can do, and this is what goes into building a bridge is I can leave a breadcrumb, right? I can make a concession. I can leave, create an open door. I can leave a, an opportunity that when they feel better, I can, I can offer it up and I can offer up a different perspective, not force it on them, just offer it. Just say, here this is. And then whatever comes after that, I can acknowledge. I can, because if my outcome is to ultimately serve this person, then I have nothing to prove in that initial interaction. Yes. I have nothing to prove other than I have a sincere and genuine desire to help that person. Because what happens then in that is now I create trust. I honor and respect that person where it is. But if I don't know my outcome, if instead my outcome is showing up just to have validation or again, to prove right or wrong, which is a lot of times what we show up to conversations in, especially in conversations and more emotionally charged topics. I may prove right. I may prove wrong. And what inevitably I will do is I will alienate those who do not believe what I believe, who do not think how I think, and who are not feeling what I'm feeling or focusing on what I'm focusing on that moment. I will ally those who are going to have, who are going to be in that same space as me at that time, but again, I, you're not building bridges with alienation and allies. All you're doing is you're building, you're building a bridge on the same piece of land that you will occupy. And then it becomes a playground piece of equipment as opposed to something that actually connects and creates opportunities. Yeah, you're, 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 you're United States versus Soviet Union in a Cold War. That's yeah. What you're doing. Yep. Or, or, or even more scary, you know, the, the great arms race leading up to World War II or something like, you know what I mean? Or World yeah. War One. You know, you're you're just you're just you're winning and you're losing some battles and you're arming up for the next one. Yep. That's it. Right? And you and you're hanging with other people who help you arm that's that's that sounding board. That's that uh thing yep. <laughs> right? yep. where everybody is saying well what the same thing I'm saying. You're all just building armament. So you don't even have a real conversation. You just come and just shoot missiles and bombs, you know, away, right? That's yep. that's that's what ends up happening. If we're if we're coming to a conversation with the only outcome to win, with the only outcome to prove right, we're gonna, we, it, you know, 
and then and then and then the next side just that the other side just comes back with a stronger argument because now you just shot your missiles over there and they're like oh okay well we need these defenses <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it becomes something where humility really does become an ultimate superpower right yes because we're not needing to satisfy ego because we're so focused on service or being of service to others which i love that you mentioned your why jared because when we don't have that why to anchor ourselves in emotions are very addicting right emotional states are very addicting and i would argue too that if we look at the extreme so if we have love joy uh, bliss on one extreme as an example and then anger depression and sadness on another i would argue that the quote-unquote negative emotions sadness despair depression anger are more addictive than the positive emotions, happiness, bliss, love, because pain is more scalable than pleasure. Pleasure is something that we, we experience in the moment and it's, it takes a lot of effort to build, right? Any of us who have ever been in a long-term relationship with anybody know that it is sometimes a more of a challenge to find more and more things that we like about the person. And it's far easier to find more and more things that annoy us or frustrate us or kind of take us off about the person. And pretty soon this person that we love and we adore, we start to be annoyed by so many of the things because that's what we're focusing on. We're not celebrating the things we love. So if pain is more scalable and emotions are addicting, what we, have the opportunity to understand when we're looking at whys and outcomes is we need to give ourselves emotionally sound enough reasons like Jared was talking about with his why that will pull us out of when we start to get in that mindset of today is a bad day or everything is going wrong because that is such an emotionally intoxicating statement and the cocktail of emotions you will get with it will become so intense and real that it can quickly pull you into the quicksand. But if you have a strong anchor and a why, a bigger reason, I, I, I am getting up today not because I'm trying to this, but because I'm really getting up to help people. It's the rope that is tethered to the tree. So when you find yourself in the quicksand, which all of us do at some points, that's why I put the post up that Jared was talking about. It was, it was, like, it was a quicksand moment. And the photo was a very much a quicksand moment. I have the option to pull myself up. I have the ability to pull myself up, but even though I may not feel like pulling myself up, I know that it is my duty to pull myself up because of this why that I have. And I know that while I may not feel better right away, up there is the area I want to exist in. Yes. It's the space I want to, op it's the space I want to occupy more than any other space. It, so just to, just to build on what you said, right? And, and, and I'll I'm gonna tell you guys about my personal story. Tell you guys about my yesterday, right? So not only did I wake up in that state and really had to like really focus on my why and do my thing, right? And I, I was so crazy. Like I said, the universe works. So you posted that post, but no BS. I was waiting for the guy to come and set up my Wi-Fi because we just moved. And I was like trying to run around and do stuff and I had to go to the bathroom, right? And no BS, I like, farted and then I felt like this wet roll down the back of my leg 
And I was like, oh my fucking God, I just shit myself, right? And I'm like, <laughs> and mind you, I had just got myself into like this positive mind state to fucking get shit done. And as soon as I felt that happen, my doorbell rings. The guy that said the Wi-Fi is here. I can't, I can't like not open the door and let him in. I literally opened the door. I said, come in. I just shit myself. I got to go change. I'll be back. So... Of course, I started to take shit. So I had to go upstairs. I had to take. I had to go to the bathroom. I had to wash myself. Then I walk out of the bathroom naked, and he's standing in my fucking hallway. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and I was like, it's a good thing we fucking went to high school and took showers. <laughs> and I have to sit there for the next two hours with this guy trying to troubleshoot. Setting up my Wi-Fi. Not only did I answer the door, shit on myself, had to clean myself up. Then he fucking walk, I walk out and he sees me naked. And I gotta put my fucking clothes on. That was fucking weird, right? And, and um, no, don't feel like like so. Like I'm just saying, like it 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 it. it I am a hundred percent believer. It, it does. It rains. It pours. All that kind of stuff. But you really have to reattach to, to your eye. And the guy was super patient, right? He was a really nice guy, right? Um, I made jokes. He didn't. He was like, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> right? I was like, well, you got to story tell your wife, man. Yeah. I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> I was like, I go to the bar and tell everybody. <laughs> I got to... And this dude just shit on <laughs> Dude, think about that. Like, the, I think that's such an incredible thing about humanity, right? It's this thing that in the moment was such a bad day for you. Like he probably went home and his partner, whoever asked him, said, how was your day? And said, boy, do I have a story to tell you. <laughs> Pull out the wine, pour a tall glass because you, and imagine like they probably just laughed their asses off over that. And it became maybe for them, this beautiful piece of connection. Yeah. Right. And like maybe they hadn't laughed that hard together in a long time. Like I just like I'm laughing so hard right now. Like my face hurts. And, I, and I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I'm laughing about it, and I can tell a story and laugh. But I was like mad, embarrassed for sure, and fucking like kind of like pissed off and irritated. Like that's so usually that's not what I do. Like usually I, I I'm running around doing stuff, and my wife would have been handling that. So I was like a little mad at her, like fuck, you had you found something to do today. <laughs> you found something to do. It's your fault I did that. Hey, well, yeah, you tilt. I tilt it, right? And I yeah. had to like correct myself and collect myself. You know what I mean? And and uh oh man, oh man. So the whole day, the whole day I was battling these like feelings. And then I was like, it was it was so bad. Like, or I got, I, I was like battling them so bad. I was making it through my day. I did my thing. You know, I, 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 I will say I had a great day in terms of the production and things like that, but I still had like some like negatives. So like when I got home and I'm like pulling into my garage, like the, where we live at now, like the garages are behind the houses and it's like an alleyway or something. So anyway, so I'm trying to pull into my garage and I'm hitting my garage door opener and my garage won't open. And my neighbor who lives across from me, who needs me to park so they can park, pulls in behind me. And I'm like hitting my thing. And I'm like, I'm frustrated because my garage door won't open. Then they honk their horn at me. Oh, my God. Hey, Jesse, what did I tell you? Like, first, I was like, I text my wife, hey, open the door. She's like, what's going on? 
she's like I, I was like listen I was like just open the door right and she's like okay fine fuck it like don't get mad at me right and I'll, I'm sitting there like at the second he or she I don't know who they were honked I was like they honk one more motherfucking time or if they get out that car I'm going to fucking snap I'm gonna break the house. I was, I was, it was like I've been fighting this shit all day. I'm about yep. to let it go right now. <laughs> so like, like now open this, open this garage before I do something I regret. Please, because I can't, I can't, I'm frustrated. I can't do it. <laughs> I, like, I was so upset, man. And it was, and it was like, um, it was just a crazy day. Now I could call yesterday a bad day, right? I don't feel like it was. I feel like, it was a day where some crazy shit happened, some bad shit happened that put me in a in a in a, a bad mental state, right? Or it was a day where I had to mentally tough it out, right? And um, at the end of the day, my Wi-Fi set up, a needed it for this, right? <laughs> got a hell of a story to tell. I got a hell of a story to tell. <laughs> And, um, and, and, you know, and, and, um, you know, I, I remembered, you know, uh, I listened to this thing called, I, I sometimes dig into this thing called stoicism and, uh, I was listening to quotes from stoics and, and one of the quotes was, is in darkness or in our hardest times, we find our greatest strengths, right? So like you like when you said you're you're in that quicksand moment and you have your why, which is your rope to that tree, and you're holding on to it. No other time, right, in your life is that rope so real mm. as when you're fucking drowning. <laughs> yeah. That rope, that rope becomes extremely tight. If you can look at it and grab it, now it's saving you now is 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 saving you and it allows you you know it's like oh fuck thank god thank god that's there right because a lot of times you're just hanging out and you're just living life and you forget and then oh something bad happens like oh that's oh thank god <laughs> that safety net okay anyway that's that's it i'm done but no you, but, uh, dude, I, I i so appreciate that story jared and i think there's one other thing i maybe highlight with that because it's something we all do Human beings, remember, we're, we're communal creatures. The survival of the species has always been predicated on us helping and supporting one another, us thinking of the group, the tribe of, of greater than self. Anger and frustration and upset, embarrassment, those kinds of emotions, they will always arise when the focus is solely on self, mm. right? Our biology is about being selfless. Our behavior becomes selfish, and then we get an emotional byproduct of that is that. And so I just, I love that you said it because you're ready to kill that person in the car because you're thinking of you, not thinking about what they might be going through. But if you thought of them, it'd be different. But I do the same thing. Like I, <laughs> I, whenever I catch myself, I go to Costco sometimes. And I, so I usually only go to the grocery Costco's store. Costco's it. Costco parking lot, boy. So <laughs> I have a rule. <laughs> <laughs> you and I had fun at Costco together. I only go to the grocery store right when it opens or right before it closes because there's nobody in there. And then with Costco, I usually do the same thing. If I have to go when it's opening, I go on a Tuesday or Wednesday 
right before it opens, or I go on a Tuesday or Wednesday night right before it closes. And now this is before COVID, where you had the normal routines of Costco. Mm-hmm. It was easy, mm-hmm. I can get it out, manageable. Nobody's sitting there in its time. But now with COVID, you have way more people in there. California, we're locking back down again, curfew, so people are panic buying stuff. I get in there and I about lose my mind because this person is standing in the aisle, having a conversation, not paying attention to me. This person's on their phone. I get out. People are so fucking unaware. They have no consideration of it. I've tried to get in and out. I want to be in and out in 25 minutes because I set a timer when I'm in there because I have competition <laughs> with myself and how fast I can get out of there. And so these people are all in there trying to fuck with my timing. They're trying to ruin it for me. And then I'm in there and I can feel myself get tensed up. And so then I, the other day I was going down and I'm pushing the cart fast. Like I'm one of those ones almost at a full speed sprint to the aisle. That's why I usually go at the times I do because then I can get kind of a workout in and I can be more official at the time. I know where everything's at except for when Costco rearranges stuff to make it hard on me, not everybody else, but on me to find where the products are I need. Mm-hmm. And there's some lady going down. She's kind of lackadaisical. So she stops, steps aside and kind of waves me through because she thinks I'm about ready to mow her over. And then I say to myself, you know, how rude is she that she's making this big deal of me just trying to get through here, right? But the thing is, is it's me, yes. me, 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 me. Yes. I'm not yes. in any of those moments thinking yes. of everybody else, the fear they might be in, the frustration they might be going through, how that lady is trying to find a Christmas present for her granddaughter who she's not going to see at Christmas this year because of COVID, how that couple over there is, they're, they're legitimately worried about something. And so they're just trying to get some extra supplies because this might be the last time they can go out for a month. I'm thinking of no one else. I'm not thinking of the tribe or the community. I'm thinking solely of myself. Yes. And then with that, anxiety, fear. Then you can you just build all of those, all of those yes. like you said, all those emotions are tied to that self thing. Yes. And they just, and they just build and build and build. And, it's, yes. and, it, and, it, and, it, and the next thing you know, you are, you're in a cycle of, of, of actually hurting yourself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're disempowering yourself at the same time. Yeah. Right? Because now they're all they're all attacking you. <laughs> yes. Right? My neighbor when they haunt there, they're fucking attacking me. Yeah. They're what the fuck? Don't they know what I went through this morning yeah. and what I went through today? Yeah. Fuck it. I'm gonna attack them back. They better fucking not like take one more step. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because that neighbor in that moment, when you're in that state, they should be psychic and know about everything you went through. They should know <laughs> how traumatizing your morning has been. And they should be freaking compassionate, considerate, and how dare they aren't, which just makes them even more of a horribly wrong person that they deserve to have the truth is, They're probably thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, they, probably they probably had the same kind of day. He's exactly. blocking my driveway. Of course, he's taking his time. <laughs> <laughs> they have no idea what I'm having. No consideration for what I have going on in there. <laughs> and, you know, like, this is, this is humanity, you guys. I mean, this is really us. Like, bridge building is about thinking of the others versus self. Bridge blowing up and bridge destroying is thinking only of ourselves. And, it's, it's, a, a, and, and it's, a, it's being a real is being a real leader. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, that, is, that is what we really expect and really want from our leaders. And they lose us when they don't, when they stop thinking of the group or the, the people underneath of them, the people they're leading above themselves. Yeah. Right? 
And that's if you if you've ever if you ever had a leader that you respected and then lost respect for them, I promise you it was an act of selfishness that, that caused you to lose respect for them. Yeah. <laughs> I can promise I can I can promise you that. I agree. More than a wrong decision. More than a wrong yep. decision for the group or for the company or whatever. It was when they did something that was utterly selfish and you knew it that you were like, oh I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think we'll wrap up. And so Jared and I talked about this and we'll wrap up since it's, it's Thanksgiving here next week in the U S and maybe we can each share one or two things that we're thankful for. And then I'll start Jared will finish. We'll wrap it up. And then we invite you in the comments to share one or two things we're thankful for. I, uh, and I'll first I'll share just, I'm really thankful for my health this year. I think it's been something that's been top of mind for all of us. I'm very thankful that, I'm a healthy individual that I've been able to remain healthy through all this. And second, I, I'm just, I'm deeply thankful for you, Jared, and everybody in this group. You know, this, the COVID time has been quite an interesting time for me where I was, it was very difficult and challenging on my business. This, the first bit of it, you know, it's still not where it was before. I, just for those of you who don't know, so my, my work is coaching, speaking, and then running kind of live events where I take a lot of my teachings, I create a workshop experience around it. I had several of those workshops booked out at the beginning of the year. I had about five or six speaking engagements on the calendar and they all went away in about 48 hours. And it was, it was where I had, when I, you know, set out my goals and kind of my vision for the year, all of those were built around that. And I early in March, or I guess not early in March, I woke up with what I would call an oh shit moment where it was like, what's going to happen? What are you going to do? And the question I kept coming back to myself is how do I want to show up? How do I want to serve others? Like, you know, whatever is going to happen for me, but I can always choose how I can serve others. And I have to tell all of you that, and Jared, especially the most rewarding and enriching part of my 2020 has been this group and having the weekly conversations with you, Jared. It is, it is something that I look forward to every week. It is easily one of the highlights of my week. And not just because you tell short stories about you sharding yourself, but because it has given me a space where I feel like I have grown and expanded so much as a human being. I feel like my, um, God, my capacity to care and to empathize has expanded exponentially. I feel that I am, I am re-examining belief systems that I've long held about where I wasn't even aware that I was holding them and, and looking at things from a different perspective and, and having some really, you know, challenging and difficult conversations with myself that are growth oriented and, and that why I'm going through that now, I think it'll serve me as being a better leader and a better human down the road. And that wouldn't happen with all of you. And so I'm on this Thanksgiving, 2020, the year of COVID-19, I am deeply thankful for all of you in building a bridge. And Jared, I am deeply, deeply thankful for you, your willingness to have these conversations, your partnership in this endeavor and, and your friendship. Of course, now I have to, I have to lead out <clears throat> and say, I'm thankful. Thankful for you for inviting me to this conversation. Yeah, you see how I set that up? Yeah, I know. I know. You, yes, I did. I saw that. I saw that. It was, it was, it was masterfully done as always. <laughs> so, but no, um, yeah, man, I, I am, I am, uh, I have learned 
from this group, you know, to to pull as much as I can. I'm not I'm not fucking perfect. I'm not all the way there yet. But to pull my ego out of conversations. Mm. Right. Um and, and to and to speak to people in ways where I am thinking about the outcomes that I want. Right. That's why I, I didn't that that statement didn't just come from anywhere. Right. And it wasn't it was there probably before we started group, but it wasn't necessarily all the way there or as developed as it is now. And, and I have a tendency, I'm a Leo, if anybody believes in astrological signs, but I have a tendency to speak from with a lot of ego. <laughs> I have a tendency to come from a very egotistical place sometimes when I'm talking to <laughs> And so, uh, even when, even if I'm trying to build a bridge, I'm coming, I'm coming from you up here like this, like, you know, Mufasa on the mountain. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> <laughs> right, and um, and and said, you know, um, instead of really like listening and learning and understanding, and 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 one of the things that I've learned in this group is is to humble myself. One of the things that you've done for me, and then I'm super thankful for Jesse, is you've you've humbled me a lot in terms of my approach in speaking to people, right? I tell you all I tell you all the time that I like the way you tell stories and the way that you describe what it is that you're you're talking about, and I'm and I feel like sometimes when we're talking, I'm all over the place, and you're so, you know, well put together in, in your statements, and so um, that was humbling for me right <laughs> it was it was like oh okay well this this could be some of the times why you're not when you're trying to build a bridge or get a point across if you're fucking coming from all over the fucking place and nobody's gonna fucking you know what, what they, i'm doing it again see me right now I'm all place, right so like what's gonna you're not weaving anything right and so you know i look at you jesse i look at you as like a master weaver and so I, I I appreciate how you can weave things together, and um, and that and it, it has taught me so much, not just in in, in terms of how I, I can weave things together to build bridges in this, but in my external life, right? It's like, okay, I can see your perspective and I get it, and I know my perspective, but until I can weave to so that we can build some kind of mutual understanding, it doesn't fucking matter. I can talk to you all day about, I understand what you're saying. You understand what I'm saying, but I, I need to be able to weave. Mm. Right? I need to be able to connect it. And um, so that, that, that has been a, a great, great, great lesson for me for, for, you know, 2020. This is, this is, this is a year for weaving things together. Right? Mm. <laughs> for, that. for connecting dots and connecting pieces mm. and, and finding an understanding. And I think when we, I'm like, excited because I believe that those tools will serve me for the rest of my life. They make me a more valuable member of the community if I can weave things together, if I can help other people weave things together so they can find meaning, they can find their whys, they can find all that kind of stuff. So I'm thankful for that. That is more, I think that's more so what I get out of our conversations other than the fact of being able to sometimes, like I did last week, express my frustration right <laughs> in a in a place where people are receptive you know what i mean and i hope you guys feel that way too i hope you guys feel that this is a place where you can come 
and you can have rational conversations, but also express your frustration. Uh, I know that at times it's been hard in the group, right? I know that we've had frustrated person talking to frustrated person <laughs> at times. And I know that, you know, over time we've, we've, we've found a way to, to, to express ourselves from a place of love. Right. And, and, and this, this group has given me a lot of hope. Um, I'm thankful for 2020, to be honest. Um, I won't say I'm necessarily thankful for the pandemic. Uh, I won't, I'm definitely not thankful for the turmoil yet that was caused with, you know, that erupted after George Floyd and stuff like that. Um, but I have, I have hope that we put down pieces and perspectives that we can now weave together. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm super, you know, I'm super thankful for that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm going into this Thanksgiving and I'm going into this new year uh with some background frustration. <laughs> but with a with a with a lot of a lot of hope and, and a lot of recognizing that, you know, um I've created for myself. I'm hoping that I've created for others. I'm hoping that, you know, if you what you say is true, Jesse, and I'll help with you. Um and I and, I, and I've and I've learned and I've taken from you all, not just Jesse, but from all of you, um, tools. You know that I can use to better plant seeds in the future. <laughs> you guys get the analogies, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I am. I'm uh, supremely thankful, and uh, yeah. Although I'm not excited about Thanksgiving, though, I'm thankful, but I'm not not super excited about Thanksgiving. I can't lie. I don't know. Are you th are you excited about Thanksgiving? Uh, you know, I, I I what I'm excited about is I made these really good mashed potatoes last year. I'm gonna make a shitload of them this year. There you go. <laughs> I'm excited about. I think I. I I'm going to just stay in my pajamas and just rest and hang out and we're going to just relax and watch some shows and, uh, and, you know, just make the most of it. I think it's, uh, I talked to one of my friends, he was saying, he's like, Oh, you, you know, you can come over and, and watch, watch some football and have a couple beers. I'm not really a big football watcher, but I enjoy hanging out with him and having a couple beers with him. And I think we're just going to have it be really mellow, man. And I, I actually, I like, it, I, I just, I, so I'll say this too, and then we'll, we'll hop off. Um, last year I did something. I, I read a lot of nonfiction, almost all nonfiction. It's all basically business psychology, human behavior, and things like that that are going to relate to vocation. And what I did last year, which was really wonderful, is I took between Thanksgiving and end of the year to only read fiction. And I read the first three Jack Ryan books in the Tom Clancy Jack. So I read Hunt for Red October, uh, Kremlin, what was it? The Cardinal and the Kremlin or, and uh, our Patriot Games. So much fun. It was like just all these this fiction. So this year I wanted to do the same thing. And I was like, gosh, what could I read 
I could read more of those. I don't really want to. I could read the Lord of the Rings, but I'm not really ready because I'm so disappointed with how it ended. That or not Lord of the Rings, uh, Game of Thrones. I'm so disappointed with how Game of Thrones ended. I'm not ready to go back and revisit the good times yet. And I'm sitting there looking at my bookshelf as a wait a minute. I have the whole Chronicles of Narnia sitting right there, and I haven't read it yet. And it's the incomplete edition of it. And I'm looking at it and go, I freaking love Narnia. I love Aslan. Why have I not read this? So I have Narnia now sitting over here in all of its glory, and I'm going to read that between Thanksgiving and New Year's. That's cool, man. Okay, yeah. so I uh, I I had to I, I explain this to one of my clients. I've also picked up more fiction reading, right? And I found this app, or this app found me, Facebook <laughs> algorithms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, anyway. It's called Goodreads, and it's like I don't know. They like, they like like might be like unknown authors or something like that. Anyway, um, they put like the first chapter on like the fa- the whole first chapter was on their ad on Facebook, and I'm like reading this story right, and it was like I mean it was the fucking first chapter, so it was long. <laughs> I read the whole thing. It was like to read the rest, get this app. App was free. I get the app. I get to chapter 27. <laughs> now you got to pay for it and all this other kind of stuff. But it's, it's called Goodreads, guys. And uh, obviously, you know, you know, we don't have any sponsorships. It, but it is a great, it is a, it's, I like this app because it just introduced me to this great piece of fiction. And, um, and I needed, I feel like, so I feel like I need fiction from time to time. And I told somebody else, when I'm having problems imagining positive futures and mm. so when I when I'm in a when I'm in a like I can read like nonfiction I'm mostly I read nonfiction too, right? Because I'm trying to create I want tools. Yep. So I can plant more seeds, right? Or I want seeds to plant, right? And, and so I'm reading other people what they what they what they're providing and I'm trying to help, right? And put it together in my own thing. And but sometimes like it's not inspiring. Even reading somebody's like autobiography sometimes is not inspiring, right? It just it just doesn't, right? Yeah. Sometimes it, it makes you feel a gap between who they are and who you are, and that's why you feel. And so, you know, fiction sometimes it allows you to just sparks that imagination. And sometimes, and reading it is better than seeing it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, occasionally yeah. I can watch Captain America or something like that and feel pumped up and excited. But if I read something that lights me up like that, like what you're talking about, like you like love Narnia when you and you can like you're building it, you're building those images in your head. Yes, right. Yes. It 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 sparks in something, sparks in you something. I think we all need. So anyway, so I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan of the November to December fiction. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe everybody you share share one or two things that you're you're thankful for in the comments, and also share what what books are you reading between now and the end of the year? We could have a little book club, a Building a Bridge book club. Ooh, I think that would be I think that'd be dope. I think it would be too, right? It will I think be. it would be too. Yeah. We'll I think we have a good amount of readers too in the group. So I do too. All right, I'm gonna stop. Oh, no, we'll, 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 we'll wrap up. We, as you can tell, Jared and I will just keep talking otherwise. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>